This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at cosmicpotatonetwork.com. Watching television, watching television. Watching television, watching television. I need all the image, I need all the sound. I know the info right into my mind. Hey everybody, welcome back to Trial by Pilot. This is the show where we judge an entire series of television and the work of hundreds on one episode. I'm Bill Lynch. I'm Elizabeth Lynch. <laughs> We're doing finger guns. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> Today we are talking about Snowpiercer, a new science fiction drama. And my on... new favorite show. <laughs> you liked it by the end. Uh, I don't know. We watched it a while ago. I don't know. <laughs> I was I was half teasing, but I did feel, feel like you at least warmed up to it a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, what was it on? I interrupted <laughs> you. <laughs> uh, TNT. Turner Classic Movies. TNT. Dynamite. You can't sing that on the air. Why? Because we'll get sued. Bye. Whoever sang that song. <laughs> I'm really tired of rules like this because I just <laughs> want to sing everything. Wrong medium. TCBY is not uh, suing us. Well, they should be sponsoring us for how much we talk about TCBY. TCBY trees. <laughs> oh my god. So this show is based mostly off of a 2014 movie of the same name which was based off of a french comic book oh comes back to the comic book yeah (laughs) originally i damn it (laughs) i didn't see that at first and i was like wow this really isn't based off a comic that's so strange to me and then i looked it up again and i was like oh no wait yeah it's based off a movie that's based off of a french comic book you have to trace it back a little bit did you ever see the movie I did not, and everything I've read said the movie is really good. It's okay. like a, just a really solid sci-fi movie. At the end of 2014, it was on like all of the critics' like top ten lists. Like you know, it didn't win any like big awards, mm-hmm. but it was like up there. Like it was a good movie. Yeah. Apparently, this show is based off of both. Like they took okay. elements from each. I think. Does it like pick up? I'm curious to know if it like picks up where the movie left off. I don't mm. think so. Okay. I or think just like retelling the story. I think it's kind of a retelling, but I'm not entirely sure. Okay. Uh, like I said, haven't seen the movie. Any uh, actors crossover? Like, I don't think so. I'll go, just the, the movie starred Chris Evans and Tilda Swinton. Okay. Those were the two leads, probably okay. in the two roles that we saw as yeah. the protagonists. Okay. So this show stars Jennifer Connelly. Mm-hmm. And David Diggs. Yeah. Uh, you know, among others, those are the two uh, main main cast members. I love Jennifer Connelly. So do I. Why do you love her? I, well, I love her. I have, did I ever tell you my, my Jennifer Connelly story? I don't know. When, I feel like this could be a mutual, like, uh, celebrity that we could, you know. Well, my, <laughs> here's my first question. Who doesn't love Jennifer Connelly? It's, she's not like a huge name actress that's in like a ton not, of big stuff. But there's nothing to not like about her. And I haven't seen her in a ton of stuff. I've just like seen her in things. Like I don't know if I could even pick it up. My Jennifer Connelly story is <laughs> when I was in college, um, my sister Susan and I were in an art history class together. And one day for like some project, 
with the class. We went to the MoMA in New York and we were walking around and Susan was like, oh my God, I think, wait, don't go anywhere. We were like walking in a room <laughs> and then we looking at a painting and Jennifer Connelly and her husband and their gorgeous kids. I want to say they had twins or maybe they just had like one beautiful blonde baby boy. I don't remember. Yeah, but he had like the value of two kids. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, there was such a presence with this family. <laughs> and so we like hung around and like stared at the same painting as Jennifer Connelly for a little while. And like, she kind of like had like a little like smirk. Like I don't, we weren't obvious. We didn't talk to her, but like it was kind of obvious we were about to leave that room and then we decided to stay. <laughs> she was in there. Um, and so that's my Jennifer Connelly story. And she's as beautiful in person. She's just like a cool, like, I don't know. She's as cool as you would imagine an actor to be if you saw them in the wild. In the wild? <laughs> the wild that is the Museum of Modern Art. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't have a story like that. I just have loved her since Blood Diamond. Oh, yeah. She we was, saw that together. Yeah. Yeah. She was so good in that. And, I mean, obviously, she's a great actress, too. I'm also right. very attracted to her. And she's not, like, my type, quote-unquote. Sure, but, like, there's something, like... No, but, but I just, like, really yeah. think she's very attractive. Oh, yeah. She's beautiful. <laughs> and then... Her um, eyebrow game has been on point. Like, she never... She, like, it's like her and, like, Brooke Shields, like, never got swayed by, like, the 90s, like, early 2000s, like, skinny, skinny, like... Yeah. Pluck your eyebrows too much. They're and like, it's all no. come back around and, yeah, and paid like, off for them. <laughs> like, who's laughing now? Uh, and then David Diggs is the other star who, was it, got famous from Hamilton? Is that right? I see that listed as one of his credits. I think that's, like, maybe one of his big things. Yeah. But what? But he's been in other stuff too. I recognize him from some other things. Yeah, he looks familiar. He yeah, he's done some TV. He was on Blackish. Um, he's in the uh, I think upcoming movie Soul, that next Pixar movie. Okay. And then a few other things as well. Okay. Um, but let's get into the plot of this show. I'm really glad I got to talk about my Jennifer Connelly story. It's <laughs> <That's> great. <sighs> <laughs> So we start with an animated opening, which is another reason I was like, this has to have come from a comic book. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that, actually. <laughs> it's, you know, I thought when it initially started, I was like, okay, this is kind of a cool artistic way to start this. But it was so brief, it didn't have the intended effect, I don't think. Yeah, because I completely forgot about it. It really was very quick. I mean, we get a little bit of narration from David Diggs' character mm -hmm. and, you know, saying how... The world was warming, so scientists tried to cool it, but they went overboard and everything froze. And so all these rich people were getting on a train. And then we see all of like the common folk right. um, like storming the train. And then it cuts to like actual film. Right. But it was so short. I mean, all of that was in the span of like 30 or 40 seconds. Mm -hmm. So it was cool at first, but it was like not... It wasn't impactful, I right. felt. It wasn't like this cool artistic thing because it didn't, it didn't last, last for long enough. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, we see this giant train that this Mr. Wilford has created, Wilford Industries. Mm -hmm. It's a thousand and one cars long. And it was, you know, basically created so all of these really wealthy people could get on board and survive the apocalypse, basically. Yeah, which is so crazy to me 
that amidst like the apocalypse that someone was able to build a train yeah. and all the tracks and it just like runs all the time yeah yeah and now we don't really know where it's running like how long these tracks are but it's like some kind of continuous loop right right but that just seems really crazy to me yeah and i remember thinking this maybe like when the movie came out or when i heard about it later like it's such a ridiculous concept like why would you why would you possibly have to be on a train yeah. To survive. Yeah, why a train that's always moving <laughs> that you can't like stop and refuel? Like I, does I I don't see a reason why it would have to be a train. With that said, it's like kind of a neat novel idea. Sure. I just wish they explained <laughs> why it needed to be a train. Like I mean, why couldn't it be like a building on stilts? Like if the, the if the tracks <laughs> are stilts. I'm just saying, I'm saying if the tracks are are being held in place somehow, right? Then, like, couldn't you theoretically make a huge building? Why does it have to always be moving? I have no idea. I mean, maybe we'll get an explanation for yeah. that. I, I, I don't know. Um, it's a little insane to me. Yeah. I was thought that. I was like, why do they need to be on a fucking train? So we flash out of this animation as all these people are storming the train, like, right as it's about to leave. And, of course, there are armed guards there who are, like, shooting people. There's, like, people being stabbed and thrown off the train. So some people get separated from their families. Some people make it onto the train. I hate scenes like this. This is why in the the first, like, very beginning of the show, I was like, I don't like this. Oh, yeah, right away. Yeah. Like, I hate this show. Uh, Yeah, I don't don't like that. Yeah, it was just dark and violent right, right off the bat. Yeah. Then we flash forward to seven years in the future. And the train is still going. And Jennifer Connelly's character, Melanie, is making the morning announcements. She's the voice of the train. And they deliver a cart of food to the tailees, who are, like, in the tail of the train. Like, the very, very lower class people who snuck on that they haven't, like, killed or thrown off the train. They let them, like, just live in the back. Which I didn't understand at first. I was like, how is this class system broken up? Yeah. That, like, these people are like, you can be on this train, but you're dirt. But, like, I realized they were, like, like stowaways. Right. Um, they still treat them inhumanely. Oh, yeah. Um, but I didn't. I was like, how, how would this be an option to, like, get on this train? Yeah. <laughs> and so these uh, people in the back notice that they usually get two carts of food, but there was only one. So they're like, all right, something's up. And David Diggs' character, Layton... has a stopwatch and it's like timing how long the doors are open while they're bringing the food in. So they're planning something. Oh, that's what he was doing. Yeah. And then after they leave, they go back to like a meeting of the leaders and they're planning another rebellion. Um, They had one three years ago or in year three of the, of the train, Mm -hmm. but it went terribly. 62 of them were killed and they didn't make it anywhere. Also the old guy in the back I don't know his real name, but he plays Hector Salamanca on Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Okay. Shout out for everyone who has seen those shows, which is probably everyone except for Elizabeth. (laughs) (laughs) So then Melanie's going around like the rich breakfast car as they dine and send their kids off to school. And someone mentions trouble in the three, which is the back third of cars. So there's like, I think first class, second class, third class. And then Mm -hmm. at the very tail end is these stowaways. Right. One tail. One tail. <laughs> so she sends her colleagues down to check it out. And as the tailies are planning this rebellion, 
she announces that they have a removal request for Leighton to be Diggs' character. And so, you know, they're all like standing there, like ready to rebel. And yeah. like, they all have like sharpened weapons and whatever. And so he hands his knife off to his girlfriend and, you know, things get rowdy, but he's dragged out of the car as the doors slam shut. Mm-hmm. And then we see him, he's stripped naked in this biosecurity cell. He's being examined and tested, all this stuff. And then they put a sanitation jumpsuit on him and handcuffs. And they bring him to a car with windows. And this was the, this was the first time. Such, I'm sorry, it was such bullshit for giving him no explanation. Like, we're going to take you out here and then we're going to just like strip you and make like arrest you with no explanation. Hey. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> So they bring him to a car with windows and he sees light for the first time in seven years, I guess. It's crazy. Because there's no window. Like mole people. Yeah. And so he's like nearly blinded, but then finally his eyes adjust and he looks out onto this frozen landscape. And they bring him to the third class mess hall and give him some grilled cheese and tomato soup, yeah. which I thought you would appreciate. Well, I did appreciate it. <laughs> it looked really good and he enjoyed it. Yeah. He takes like a very slow first bite, like really savors it. And then he's like, oh, he like realizes how fucking hungry he is. Because the food that they give them is basically like. Gruel. It's, it's gruel. It's like, like those meal. It, it looks like some kind of like, it looks like this gel. Like it's like a bar. It's like basically everything you would need in I a th- bar. I think they were Lara bars. <laughs> I, I think. <laughs> I think they had cashew Lara bars. Oh, maybe. <laughs> MREs, but, are you thinking of? Maybe, but those are like more resemble food more, yeah, right? Yeah. So anyway, it's like basically like what what can we do to give them like the bare minimum right. amount of like nutrients? Yeah, here's like some they're not nutrients. going to enjoy it. Right, right. You know. And so he shovels down the rest of the food and we find out that he was a homicide detective in the old life, they call it. And there's been a murder on the train. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. It was a farmer from third class and he was cut up and frozen or put somewhere where there was no heat mm-hmm. and his genitals were removed <gasps> and Leighton refuses to help at first. He says, you know, he wants to go back because all of his uh, friends are going to think that he's a traitor. Mm-hmm. And then he meets Melanie. They are one tail. <laughs> did they say that? Did they say that in the show? They didn't say it like that, but they did say one tail. Yeah, I know. So Melanie tells him that there was another murder two years ago and a suspect has been in custody since then, but now there's this other murder and they think maybe it's connected. They don't really have any clue. And so he wants immigration for the whole tale up to third class, which everyone just like laughs at, like no way that's going to happen. Yeah. And so he's brought to a doctor who is tending to people in drawers that are in some kind of stasis including the suspect from the first murder. The suspect of this murder is Leighton's ex-girlfriend, um, who was the one that told them, like, oh, my ex is a cop. Maybe he can help. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, like, they have a scene together. There's a bunch of tension because she chose to leave the tail right. when she had the opportunity to move up. And, and she lives in this, like, community in the third class that's, like... Kind of like a commune. Yeah. Like a hippie commune kind of thing. Right. And she's angry at him for not letting her die when the apocalypse was happening. Right. Because, you know, they had to leave all their family behind to die. And he was like, no, no, I can get us on this train. Uh, I should also mention the scene with the doctor. The doctor was being super fucking creepy with the people in stasis. 
Oh, was yeah. Was he like doing her makeup or like singing to her? I can't remember. I can't remember. He was being creepy. Yeah. There's something going on with that doc. Something's going on there. <laughs> so then he is taken to one of the greenhouse cars. Mm-hmm. There's 131 of them, we find out, that are growing like all kinds of food. There's trees growing in there. We see a school group pass through learning about seeds and how plants grow. Mm-hmm. And he won't budge on his demands, but then Melanie comes back in and is trying to explain to him, like, the balance of the train's ecosystem. Like, there's only so much food. There's so many people. Mm-hmm. Um, and she plucks a strawberry and, and, you know, says, like, this is X amount of kilocalories, um, which means this, that, and the other thing. And says, you know, Mr. Wilford needs these strawberries more than he needs you. Mm-hmm. So, like, you're not in a position of power to negotiate. Right. Negotiate? <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> the cool way. Mm-hmm. I did think, I mean, I, I'm going to mention it later. There's like a, a saltwater aquarium fucking car. Yeah. I don't know. It was cool world building, like some of sure. the different cars that they had to think about this like enormous train yeah. that was built with like infinite dollars and like what they could really do with like train cars. Yeah. You know? Um, then we go back to the tale and it's Hector Salamanca's birthday. But as everyone is kind of dancing and celebrating, he's looking over his belongings. He's all melancholy. And then someone goes back to get him and we find him hanging by a noose. Yeah. Which I kind of saw coming. Yeah. I guess they, they made it that way. I don't think I was like that, like keen observing it. Yeah. <laughs> they made it kind of obvious. Was it the scene earlier on when he was tying the noose? I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now we get to the saltwater car scene and there's a woman's like swimming nude in the saltwater. And I don't know if it was like a spa car or I can't remember what it was. Oh yeah. But Melanie comes in and talks to this woman and she mentions like, don't worry, we'll soon be able to resume our other work. So there's something mysterious Mm. going on in this train. (laughs) Yeah. There's something insane going on in this train. Insane in the car train. <laughs> in the car train. Oh, damn it. <laughs> that doesn't work. <laughs> and so uh, the people in the tale kind of rally around this old guy's suicide and like, all right, we need to rebel now. Right. And so some of the guards come in to give them food or whatever the reason was. Oh, no, they, they call up and say like, hey, we have this old guy who committed suicide. Can you bring yeah. him? bring him up? And so they rebel. There's a lot of like slit throats and like blood spraying everywhere. And, you know, this goes back and forth. They make it up to the next car, one car up. And three guys are left from the tail. Like three people got through. Uh, like some strong guy who like didn't say anything. He was just like the muscle. Yeah. Uh, this guy who was like kind of a jerk. Mm-hmm. Um, who's been in. He was in Walking Dead. He was in Westworld. He's like a good character actor. Yeah. And then Who was some, he in Walking Dead? He was Negan's like right-hand man. Oh, okay. And then, and then a third guy. And they have a female security officer held hostage, who we found out before is ex-Detroit PD. Cause her, oh, that's right. Because she was in his initial meeting. Yeah, she brought Leighton up to the, yeah. to the front. And so Leighton is brought back. We're like one of the... She was an ex-cop, but like... The other guy who was a cop, like, was... Did they say he was a soccer player? Yeah. 
It's like this world is just like, all right, you could be this job now. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're not really cops. They're just like security for sure. this, this corporation. Yeah. So Leighton convinces them, like, let me negotiate with them. I can, I can work something out. And so he goes back there and punches out the cop so she can't hear him tell the three guys, like, here's the plan. I'm going to work with them. I'm going to get the layout of the train. I'll mm-hmm. figure out the times of everything, the security details, everything. But you guys surrender yourself and you're going to go into stasis in the drawers. And so obviously they're not too keen to do that, but right. they, they finally break down and agree. They're like, fuck, we, we, we tried this rebellion again and we made it one car up out of a thousand and one. Right, right. Then we see Melanie retiring for the evening. She enters the engine car, gets comfy in her MIT sweatshirt, lets down her hair. Or, uh, yeah, lets down her hair. This is Bill's favorite yeah. thing. <laughs> <laughs> she just looks so comfy in that sweatshirt. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> and then she approaches uh, someone in the driver's seat, the captain's chair, the conductor's yeah. chambers. And the guy like spins around and she goes, you're in my seat. And he says something and calls her Mr. Wilford. Yeah. So there is no Mr. Wilford, which we kind of suspected. Well, yeah. We knew it was her. <laughs> and they mentioned it earlier on too, like, oh, there's gonna be some turbulence coming up. And she goes, I hate this section of track. So yeah. like, it's just one giant loop. I don't know how long it takes, a year, months. Yeah. And that was the pilot episode of Snowpiercer. What did you think, Elizabeth? You sci-fi loving gal. Um, okay, as far as sci-fi goes, I did not think that this was the worst. It had some... It had the least sci-fi elements. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think so. It was in a spaceship, so that was different. Right, right. I thought the acting was good. The story is somewhat interesting, like kind of like this murder mystery thing to solve, which I can get behind. I like that. Getting into the world, I think, is the trickiest thing for me here because there's so much of it that doesn't make sense to me, (laughs) which you have to suspend your disbelief for sci-fi most of the time. But like, how long did it take to plan this world that they're like even figured out how to put people into stasis? Now, maybe the world that they were living in before the apocalypse was completely different from our worlds anyway. We don't know what time period this takes place in. We don't know anything about the world prior, but like I enter into it with like all the knowledge I have from this world. And I want that to make (laughs) sense to me. That is some of my issue. Yeah. Um, So anyway, I was trying to figure out like how on earth could this even work? And like the, just like the difference in the classes was so stark yeah. And that it's like, how are you that comfortable building something that's like, this is classes? Like, it's so... I mean, it was probably funded by the passengers. I mean, it was all the richest people in the world giving all of their money to get a ticket on this thing that was going to save them and their families. And that, yeah. that, the reason they could fund it was because of these rich people. So guess what? They get a seat. <laughs> but like, it's just funny to see like It's how... like the most important Kickstarter ever. <laughs> It's just funny. Yeah. No, I mean, I guess when you kind of like put it in terms like that, I understand. But like the the richness of that first class car sure. was like they were on some resort. Yeah. And then the third class car where he gets to eat his grilled cheese is like you're sitting on NJ Transit. <laughs> and then. Oh, please. 
NG Transit wishes it was that nice. <laughs> but it was just like bare metal. There wasn't even color on the wall. Right, right. Where you have this like engraved, like carved out, you know, like do the kids go to different schools? If you're a third class passenger, you I'm don't get sure. the same education as the first class passenger. I'm it's sure. just, you know. So in that way, I'm interested because I do want to understand what the world is like. And there are some like nuances that I want to, I want to know more about, but I don't know if it's like grabbed me so much that I need to see it. I didn't think it was bad, Yeah. but I just like, don't know how much it grabbed me yet. Yeah. I'm, I'm in a pretty similar boat actually. I mean, first of all, I just, I assume since they start with the premise of like global climate change, the planet's warming. And so scientists have to reverse it. I just assume it's like some point in the future. Right. Of course. Some point in the future. So technology has gone to the, gotten to the point where you could put people in stasis and mm-hmm. build this crazy train, whatever. I can suspend my disbelief for that. Mm-hmm. But maybe that's why sci-fi is tough for you and in general for people is that it's on such a different starting yeah. block you know mm-hmm. that it takes like a little bit more of that suspension of disbelief and yeah. getting over like some really weird stuff that isn't preconceived in your head yeah um but yeah like i said it's a silly concept but it's interesting it's an interesting world to build i think on the surface the class struggle thing is a little rudimentary mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah um but but that's okay I, I am assuming that they're having a lot more underneath that surface level stuff right um I, I watched the previews for like this upcoming season after we watched that pilot and like there is some other weird shit going on they're like experimenting on people and then i'm just curious to know like why are they on a fucking train why is it Whoa. a train? When do they stop to refuel? What is this train running on? I don't know. There's like no sunlight. Not that there's no sunlight, but like it's not like it's a... Uh... Solar powered? Yeah, I mean, maybe. Maybe it is. Maybe it could be. Yeah. But it just seems kind of dark outside. Well, it was night. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I didn't know if the world was always dark. No, when they brought David Diggs' character out in the first scene, it was like super bright. The sun was like shining and reflecting off the snow and he was almost blinded. Oh, all right. So it could yeah. be solar powered. It goes really fast though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, fine. It could be that. It just seems so, what a, what a strange concept. Like the end of the world, let's build a train and never get off of it. Yeah. <laughs> like it sets off all. Yeah. But then the, it's like, there's no, it doesn't seem feasible to me because like, what if part of the track breaks? You can't control the elements outside. What if there's an avalanche that comes and like you crash into it? Like yeah. that stuff is like, you could be done. Like, why isn't it a building? <laughs> I mean, maybe it was like to get people on it, but like build the train to go get people and bring them to the building. Yeah. I mean, that has to, that has to come up at some point. Like yeah. they're going to have to go out into the elements to like fix the track or some crap. Yeah. Which begs the question, why are they on a train? Why are they on a train? <laughs> the two biggest questions I think we've ever had on this podcast are, why did the plane blow itself up and why are they on a train? <laughs> I came up with both of them. <laughs> you came up with asking, why are they on a train? I actually know you said that first. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, 
In my one, I just looked down at my notes and says, I can't imagine how this all came to be. And that was my <laughs> Hard hitting questions. <laughs> what happened here? So, yeah, I mean, I liked all of those individual elements. I I thought Jennifer Connelly was great. Yeah. David Diggs was good. I mean, you know, like Michael Malley was on as like the security whatever. One of the security guards, like the higher up security guards. He's funny. I, I love seeing Michael Malley in like serious shit like yeah. this. <laughs> I'm like, oh, good. He's in this. Yeah. What else is he in? It's like. He was just remember. on The Good Place a bunch during the last couple seasons. Yeah. There was something else that he was in that was like kind of, it seemed like out of place for him. I can't remember what it was. It'll no. come to me. I'll look it up. So all those elements are fine. I don't know if it like fully clicked in this first episode. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what it was. Like, you know, it's TNT. So the production value isn't like HBO level. Sure. Which is fine. So maybe that was part of it. It just didn't like feel all put together. I don't know. Maybe like the pacing was a little bit weird to me. I don't know. It just, it was, it certainly didn't grab me and like shake me like, holy shit, you need to watch this. Yes. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I am interested in finding out the answers to a lot of questions that the pilot presented and that I just have in general. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, I don't know. I think, I think I would have to hear that the show is good. To convince me to keep going with it. I was just going to say something so ridiculous. So like you saying those things makes me think like there's some things that I I want to know the answers to all these questions, but I don't want to sit and watch this whole series. <laughs> so there's some things we watched. I'm like, this would be great as a movie. And what's funny is this was a movie. <laughs> Just like, yeah, I guess we could just watch this movie. I suppose we could, but then Jennifer Connelly wouldn't be in it. Oh, true. Forget it. Let's just watch Blood Diamond. But it's also like, what what would make someone remake this into a show when it already exists as a movie? Because everything's a fucking remake. There's no original ideas in the world. The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt was original. Yeah, that was years ago. Yeah, I know. What was original? What what what? <laughs> what was original? What was original? I'm looking. I'm looking now to see like what Michael Malley was in, and I can't find what I thought. I even even the shows that we about. like, like My Brilliant Friend, based on a book, Killing Eve, based on a book. Right. <laughs> Everything everything's based off of something. Barry, maybe Barry's original. Dead to me. Oh yeah, Barry is original. Dead to me is original. Dead to me. All right. There's a couple of original ideas. I forgot that Michael Malley was on Guts. <laughs> Um, how? I just did. Because I remember him from like, yes, dear. <laughs> That's so funny. I mean, he was like the guy, He right? was Guts. He was Guts. And global Guts. Oh, you know what I was thinking? That's so funny. I was thinking of um, a different show. But yeah, that doesn't come <laughs> that doesn't come to mind first when I think of Michael Malley. Like, oh, oh yeah, when he was on Guts, I think of Mo. Every time I see him, I'm like, I need to grab a piece of that aggro crag. <laughs> the aggro crag. <laughs> yeah. Let's send that over to Mo. Mo? <laughs> <laughs> what a great job. Like, this is like maybe one of his first jobs, right? <laughs> I mean, the first thing I'd know him from. But he could have been working before that. Yeah, maybe. I but I that know. was pretty good. Oh. <laughs> he never seemed young, did he? No, I feel like he's been the same age for about 35 years. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I love him. I think he's great. Yeah, what the fuck? 
<laughs> just didn't look any older than he did when he was on that. But I didn't think I mean, he was a young guy. I mean, my, my memory from then isn't the greatest, but I feel like I'm picturing him like as he looks now, <laughs> like sending it over to Mo. Now I need to Google pictures of Mike O'Malley from Guts. All right. Um, so do you recommend Snowpiercer? Um, yeah, I would recommend it to like a sci-fi audience or someone who liked the movie maybe, or, you know, I wouldn't go tell like everyone to go watch it. Like I wouldn't go tell my sister to go watch it. Yeah. But I thought it was a good, it was pretty good for what it was. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like I don't really have criticisms of it. It wasn't bad, stupid sci-fi. I'm not saying it was great. <laughs> But it was sci-fi that didn't suck. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Same. Same here. I, my only criticisms are these kind of like nebulous, just like gut feelings I have. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if it like really, I don't know. I don't know if it really worked all the elements together, yeah. but I liked all the individual elements and the actors and, you know, like the the murder mystery thing and what the hell's going on with the train and what's the experimentation. Yeah. There's, there's some kernels of interest there. I also feel like there's something about, like, the like the people in the tale that are, like, revolting. And you're supposed to, like, I imagine, like, identify with them more than you do with the people in first class, right? You're supposed to, like, like want to fight for them. But there was something about it that I didn't like or care about. Yeah, and that was maybe part of the production value thing. Like... Uh, you know, they were supposed to be in this dark, dingy train car. Yeah. But, like, that's what it looked like in, like, a cheap way, yeah. kind of. And so those scenes weren't really engaging to me. Right. And none of those actors were particularly engaging, mm-hmm. other than the ones that, like, left the tale or killed themselves. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I am intrigued and by... And also knowing that they got on because, like, I know you're desperate. It's the end of the apocalypse. But, like, they didn't have a ticket, so they did break the rules. <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth's on the side of the bourgeois. No, I'm not. <laughs> I just I, am a rule follower. I am intrigued by Jennifer Connelly's character, too, mm-hmm. being, like, the antagonist and, like, potential villain. Right. But she's going to have her reasons for doing all this stuff too like hey she was just she was trying to save humanity right the way to get it done was to have people pay her to get on this train and so that's what she fucking did yeah but to do that you have to exclude a lot of people that are gonna die yeah which sucks and you can't give everyone food or the same amount of food you know so i'm interested to see first class get like fancy meals and three course meals. Because they know? probably paid millions of dollars. I know. It's just like that seems so like don't tell me I'm inside of the bourgeois because <laughs> that seems very unfair. Yeah, I'm just I would also be interested to see how they handle her character. That was the end of the sentence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You just up talked there yeah, I and know. I <laughs> Like, I didn't know that was going to be the end of the sentence until I finished. Okay, yeah, I'm done. I'm done talking. Uh, all right, so <laughs> do, uh, do you think Snowpiercer will get a second season on TNT? I mean, sure, why not? Yeah, sure. I have no reason to say no. <laughs> I do want to point out to our listeners right now that Bill poured us some beer, and he poured himself a lot more, and I got a really shitty glass, considering we have a lot of glasses. Like, what is here's, this? Here's what happened. I had to do a photo shoot 
can you keep it together for a second? <laughs> you had you had one fourth of a beer. I had to do a photo shoot, and I needed to use that glass, and so I had to fill that to the top for the photo shoot, and then I gave you the rest. <laughs> but like you gave me the rest. Okay, so you just like poured what was left in the can. But why in this glass? This didn't come out of the beer glass cabinet. It was the closest glass that I could find. It's like a rocks glass. Is it, was it clean? Yeah. Okay. No, it was the closest thing I could find in the sink. <laughs> All right. Okay. Any other thoughts on Snowpiercer? Um, no. No. Nope. I think I said all I have to say about it. <laughs> okay. I guess we'll <laughs> And I'm done talking about it now. <laughs> Would you like to tell um, everyone what you've been watching? No. Not this week. Okay. All right. <laughs> and I'm not going to complain about anything this week. Yeah, me neither. All right. If you have suggestions on shows for us to watch, you can email us at trialbypilot at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at trybypilot. Oh. Um, and you should go on to <laughs> Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening to this. Subscribe to the show, leave a review, and tell a friend, please. Yes, please do that. Thank you to The Beats for providing our theme music. Thanks, Beats. And stay safe, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye.